Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of the Wild Canelli Podcast. Uh, Alex Margatulio, Juice Thompson. We have a special guest on the pod today as well, Nate Taphorn, NU's finest, uh, Mr. Northwestern. We're here to talk all things Northwestern basketball as we head in uh, to the NCAA tournament. Obviously, that's going to be where a variety of the show um, or a majority of the show is, is taking place is, you know, how we got here, what we can expect moving forward. And then obviously would love to hear Nate's expertise on what it takes to get there, what the mentality is moving forward and advancing in the tournament and what is needed. So uh, really excited for the pod today, guys. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me, guys. This is this would be awesome. And of course, we got to have the legend on there. I mean, you threw that legendary pass. What they, they call you QB1. We got to have you on here. BMAC likes to keep that that term around. I don't know how much that's going to stick, but I'll take I it I mean, if now. you look at it, it's probably uh, one of the best passes in college basketball history, maybe. It's up there with, you know, I'd put it way above, you know, uh, Thomas Hill's pass to Leitner or Grant Hill's pass to Leitner. Leitner. That was an easy pass. You had to thread the needle about, you know, let's call it 94 feet, drop it right into to Derek's mm-hmm. uh, bread basket. And then, you know, he obviously had to finish it. But I think you did the, the hardest part. I like to take all the credit on that one. That's, but Derek's shot, let's, I mean, if you look at Derek's shot, it's not an easy shot. That, that was incredibly hard. Um, left-handed going right off the board. That's pretty tough. A tough angle, too, but, like from uh, the baseline. Luckily, yeah. he was left-handed. If yeah. he was right-handed, I don't think that uh, has, a cha- has a chance. No. Tough. Now, if you, if the play worked out, perfectly if you look at um yeah, just you gotta scheme. run us through that play yeah run us you through from from the timeout what was, yeah, what was the, the huddle out. like the huddle Please was us through the, yeah the huddle was really stressful obviously coach collins is in my ear and he's screaming like don't throw it out of bounds and that's the only thing i'm th- like you cannot throw this out of bounds whatever you do and <clears throat> obviously he he took the chance on me so a lot of credit to him but bj I give Brian James a ton of credit. His his after timeouts and his his special plays they're they're untouched as far as his ability to, to write those up. Um, so I, we had I I I need to look at the play again, but we had Scotty, Vic, Derek, Bryant on the floor as well as obviously myself, and so we had almost like a two two set where it was just a screen it was a screen and a rescreen. And BMAC was setting a screen on DJ Wilson. And we, before we went out to, to run the play, they took a look at our play and Coach Beeline called another timeout. And basically they had, they had DJ Wilson on me at, out of bounds at the first, before the first, before the second timeout. And they moved, I forget who it was, but a less athletic, bigger guy. And they put him on the ball. And he had been on the bench the entire game. So he was a little stiff and, you know, maybe not as athletic at the time. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to throw this now. Like, th- this is a good opportunity here. And once the play ran, I saw Derek running. I couldn't, I honestly couldn't see him as much. I just threw it to where I knew I needed to throw it and he caught it. And I, I, I run through the, the amount of instances where I could have done something different to celebrate, but it was just all, it was all organic. It was yeah, awesome. The rest is history, awesome. right? I mean, think about that. I mean, was that a play you all had practiced? Was that something that, you know, you'd drawn up in, in some shoot-arounds or worked on during late-game situations during practice? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a fun warm-up thing we used to do. So we used to do a layup drill where you make different passes just to get warmed up in practice. And one of them was a baseball pass to your partner. It was like a rebound, you have to take it out, and then it's a baseball pass to your guy. And you'd have to throw it probably 85 feet just to have a nice solid pass on it. You know, so in practice, we'd, we'd mess around and it would be all the way to the rim or it'd be a half court line drive pass, having some fun in practice. But at it, it, the very beginning of the year, we had the chance to have a secret scrimmage. And we run through those instances where we'd run certain plays. And I, th- I, I look back and I think one of those plays was that play that BJ had drawn up and we didn't complete it, but it was, it was something, it, it was just a situational thing. We ran with that team before the season started. And that was one of the plays we did run. I remember that. Wow. That's cool to hear. I mean, I, yeah. people need to understand that like as players, you know, we go through those small details of, you know, you're throwing baseball passes, different kind of passes, because you don't know, you know, when you're going to need them. So I think that's good for people to hear that. And even though it may seem boring and like the littlest things that you guys work on and look how it paid off for you guys in a big way. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. The the other thing, too, is a lot of people don't notice, but you can't throw a basketball the same way you throw a football or it's it's a lot different. You can't the angle of your arm and all that stuff is completely different. So the the ability to throw a long ball is is pretty rare. And I think. If you look at the lineup at our team, we had probably two guys that could probably throw that, and Vic being one of them. But if you look at the rest of them, it, it's it's pretty slim. Maybe BMAC, but I was taller, so I think that's it. Just came down to me. I was the guy that always took it Not out. Not many more multi-sport so. athletes on that squad. There's a lot of multi-sport athletes, but maybe not maybe not basketball and football. <laughs> Who knows? Well, anyways, obviously oh it was a. A turning point in NU history and is is an unforgettable moment in, in all of college basketball. So uh, we obviously relish that. I was in the building for that play. I remember almost jumping over the people in front of me um, to get on the floor to, to celebrate with you guys. But honestly, probably one of the best uh, moments, if not the best moment in Northwestern basketball history um, and you know potentially the university as well. So. Uh, congrats on that, Nate. And obviously, we'll, we'll tap into you a little bit more, uh, you know, when we talk about the tournament. But Juice, uh, let's let's dive into the Penn State game. Let's let's recap the Big Ten tournament real quick, and then we can get into to the scouting report for the for the 2023 tourney. Um, what are some of the key takeaways from the game against Penn State? Obviously, very similar, almost identical outcome to the the game from the previous week. But um, what are some of your key takeaways that we can use as momentum? Um, you know, let's not reflect on the loss, but as momentum moving into, uh, you know, March Madness tournament. Yeah, you know, just like all season long, we hang our hats on the defensive end. Thought we did a pretty good job. I think we held them scoreless for the first five minutes of the game. But, you know, offensively, we struggled a bit. We couldn't knock down shots, especially close to the basket. But, you know, you you have to stay positive and take that away. How we play defense and, you know, Throughout that stat, the last podcast episode, we're 20 and 1 when we hold teams under 64 points, and we missed it by what? One or two points. We were right there. So, you know, we have to stay positive with that, continue to play our style of defense, then just knock down some shots. And as we've been talking about, Brooks Barnheiser, he's been the guy that's really stepped up and been that third consistent scoring option for us. And he had what? His second double double in a row. Career high 11 rebounds. So, 
from an individual standpoint, you know, we'd love to see him to continue to play he, the way he's been playing. But we just have to continue to play our style of defense, especially going into the NCAA tournament. You know, we got to get our guys going. Chase and Boo, obviously they didn't shoot the ball the way that they're capable of shooting. But we know the ball is going to be in their hands and they're going to get their shots. So now we have some time to get some skill work in, get a little bit of rest. I think the guys are going to be, you know, more than ready to go. What are some things that you guys saw in that game that we can, you know, do better? But obviously, you know, continue to build on. Yeah, I thought I thought the one-on-one defense was was very good as always. And then, you know, some silver linings that we could take away from from getting knocked out of that tourney early is just getting that additional rest. Right. Right now, we're playing seven, eight guys. Um, you know, nine max, and you know. I see that the shooting struggles as of late, you know, the last four out of five that we've dropped um, as a you know, result of some tired legs. I, I, I really believe that. So getting this additional, the additional few days of rest, um, re-energizing, recharging, getting back in the gym, getting that skill work is only going to help guys like Boo, Chase, um, and Ty Berry. I, I really, we really need Ty to score, right? I mean, one of 10 from the field, one of eight from three. Uh, you know, he's, he's definitely struggled this year from distance, and I see a lot of his shots coming up short. So I think just having the ability to get back in the gym, get those legs underneath him, and, you know, recharge a little bit is only going to set us up for, you know, for some more success as we, as we head into the tournament. So um, I didn't see the loss as like a, a huge, you know, a huge down. I mean, I think we were still on that six, seven line anyways. You know, whether we win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament, obviously you do want to fight for that, uh, the chance at a Big Ten title. But, you know, if we're going to take some silver linings here, you know, Boo caught some, you know, Boo caught a little bit of a fire and wind in the second half in OT. Uh, he started to, to shoot the ball a little bit better. And then, you know, I always got to talk about my guy Brooks. Um, the level that he has excelled yeah. and played at has, you know, really allowed him to be, a, you know, a sixth starter and allowed him to really fill in the gaps for where, you know, maybe Ty's having an off night or we do get into foul trouble. Um, you know, he could take some of the load off of uh, our, our perimeter guys, you know, with his ability to, to handle the ball and, and handle pressure as well. So um, those are some things that I saw. Nate, uh, from your standpoint, what do you think uh, on that Penn State game? Yeah, I'm just trying to filter out everything you guys said. I mean, you guys covered just about everything. Uh, the one the one area that we that I think needs to be covered is one it our slow start didn't really help it was it, we didn't and we did that the, the first time we played Penn State it was like 17 to 7 for so long it seemed like and it I think the one thing that I think we could do a little bit better I mean we're not playing Penn State anymore but one of the things that we, I look back at it and we let Penn State dictate our personnel on the floor. When they go small, they're really hard to guard, but at the same time, we get away from our traditional offense and some of our really attacking points. I thought Matt, I mean, Matt's been an anchor all season. He's one of my favorite players to watch, and obviously our shooting on the perimeter needs to, to, to improve, but Matt's been able to clean up a lot of the stuff that comes off the rim, and he's done a tremendous job. But I think his slow start didn't really help, and I, I think that that's one area where we can really improve and th- frankly, going into the tournament after that game, we have so much to improve upon. We lost by what yeah. two? So um, yeah. looking at that game, I mean, we were we had three guys went combined for eight for thirty-seven, and you just can't. You, I, 
and we lost by two. That's the best worst fact you're going to hear all day. It, and we, right. we, we, you know, and that's how good our defense is. And that's that's just been our, our bread and butter. And I'm really excited to see how these guys defend. They're coming up here. Yeah, soon. we missed a bunch of bunnies too, right? I feel like uh, we, we yeah. didn't finish around the rim. We kind of let Penn State off the hook in the first half. You know, you, you mentioned it, Nate. You said, you know, you know, it's we had a slow start as well. I mean, we turned them over like three out of the first four possessions. You know, we got yeah. good. We got really good looks all game, all game, and just you know, really didn't convert. So um, I'm not too worried about that, honestly. Um, and our defense has obviously been our strong point. I saw a crazy stat the other day. It was we're 332nd in the nation in effective field goal percentage on the offensive side, and we won 21 games. I mean, like, <laughs> right? How yeah. else do you put that into perspective? Right? It's like we could shoot horribly and still win games, you know. Mm. And honestly, look out. That's what I gotta say. Look out! If we make ten threes in a game, there are not many teams in this country that can beat us. It just flat out. Yeah. So I, I look forward to, to seeing that. We know, you know, as we start to preview our first opponent, Boise State, in the seven ten matchup, uh, they're another you know stingy defense. But I took a look at some of their tape. They like to play a lot of drop coverage um, with their bigs. That is coverage that has not given us issues really all year. We've been able to attack that, uh, especially guys like Chase and Boo. Chase uh, being able to get to his mid-range and get to his elbow spots, and then Boo with his decision-making ability and his ability with all the shots around the rim, play off two feet, float it up, find the right guys, uh, I think suits us very well in that matchup moving forward. Um, Based on the research that you all have done or things you've heard, what are some exciting things that, that you're looking out for in this matchup against Boise State out in Sacktown? Wow. Oh, I'll go first. Before we get into that, you know, I still got to I gotta throw out there that my Big Ten scoring record for oh, yeah, Big Ten do. tournament yeah, is still do. alive. <laughs> Make sure you plug that. I, I had yes, a couple sir. big scares, especially with Zach Eady. I was at the game Saturday, and, oh, dude, I was nervous. I was panicking when he got, you know, towards the 30s. So luckily, you know, it worked out. I, I got to keep that record. So I, that's 12 years going strong. No, but uh, more juice. moving more on juice. to the NCAA. T- yeah, definitely. Unless somebody from Northwestern goes ahead and breaks it. So Boo and Chase, you guys got to come back next year. I want one of you two to go ahead and break it for me. But, you know, moving forward, you know, looking forward to this Boise State game. Like you mentioned, another defensive-minded team. You know what? They made eight tournament appearances, and they haven't won yet. So, you know, that's something that's in the back of their minds. They're ready to compete and go out. And in their, uh, their conference tournament, they had a late game slip up and they lost the game. But you know, this year has been a lot different for Northwestern. We've been figuring out ways to win those games, especially in the late game moments. We're putting the ball in Chase and Boo's hands and they've been delivering for us. And you know, this team here, Boise State, they've showed that they can play with the good teams. They got a couple of quad one wins, a lot of quad two wins. So it should be a, a really interesting game. You know, two defensive-minded teams, and it's going to come down to who can make those shots because obviously both teams can defend. And like you mentioned, they're playing that drop coverage. Chase getting to that mid-range pull-up. Even Ty, Ty Berry, he's shown flashes that he can get to the rim, finish with a floater, finish with a layup. And then Boo, he's getting around that rim, playing off two feet, throwing guys off with, you know, using his eyes, looking around other ways, and then somehow he's magically throwing up a little flip shot, his floater, and making shots. 
So I think we're going to be fine. We can knock down outside shots, defend the way we defend. I think we're ready for this moment, and we have that experience, you know, with our guards and our players being around so much. And even our freshman, Martinelli, he's got a lot of playing experience this year too. So I think we're going to be in good hands. And, you know, as long as we play our defense, make shots, we're going to be good. For sure. Nate, what do you think? Uh, um, yeah, I'm with both of you guys. I mean, looking looking forward to the game, I mean, we, we can talk about the season all we want, but this is the this is the only game that matters right now. And I I look back to the season and I want to give back to this feeling and I am back to this feeling. I just want to play some ball. These guys, I mean, we've highlighted all these all these uh, tremendous talents from Boo to Chase to Ty to Brooks to Matt being an anchor to Nick coming up to Titus having some great games in the late stretch. Those things are all recipe for success. And I, I, I mentioned it earlier to somebody else, but. People were asking me how we stacked up against Purdue and how I felt before that game, and how we how I felt against uh, Indiana. And you look back at Michigan State and th- those type of feelings. I was just ready to play some ball. I was I didn't really care who we were playing. I, I want to play some basketball because this is the crew that you know they're so tight knit. They've got a, a great chemistry. They can talk to one of each other without bickering, and they you know they they just know how to play with each other. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. The other thing, too, on the shooting, they've got practice here in a couple hours out in Sacktown. And those every NCAA tournament rims are the best rims and the best balls you can ever shoot with. And I'm really excited for those guys to go get a ton of shots up today and uh, get, get a really good feeling for that arena. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I know we have a huge contingent out there already. And yeah. uh, practice is going to be lit. 2 to 2.40 uh, Pacific time on yeah. Wednesday uh, when that open practice is. So if you can get out there, go support the guys. I'm sure they'll love your encouragement and support. Um, you know, from another, from a scouting report perspective, I look at Boise State. Uh, I think where we can really make a dent on them is, you know, they're very starter-oriented. All five of their guys uh, scoring double figures. Uh, but they're but they're a little small. I think you know something to get back to to what you said earlier, Nate is like don't let their personnel dictate what we do. Let's make let's make our personnel dictate what they do or take advantage yep. of their lack of size. Um, so I think Matt is going to be a huge uh, a huge benefactor. I mean their leading rebounder is is their point guard uh, Marcus Shaver at six rebounds a game. So I think that's where we can really attack and 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 still. Um, and impose our will on them is going to be inside. Robbie six nine, Matt six six. Uh, I'm sorry, seven foot, uh, two hundred ninety pounds. Like we have some size, um, so the matchups are, are, are not a, an issue with me. And I think you know where we're going to be able to take advantage of that is number one on that drop coverage. Can our guards make plays? I think we're going to have the ability to do that. I watched some clips on uh, their most recent game versus Utah State. Utah State was able to come off those ball screens hard. Matt's going to be able to set good, hard screens at the top of the key or on the wings, which we like to get to. And we're going to have opportunities for our guards to take nice rhythm jump shots off the dribble. Can we make them? Can we execute? And obviously, you know, Nate, you said those rims are, are great shooting rims. Um, you know, I, I agree. I think this is going to be, a, you know, a great opportunity for these guys to, to go up and, and show out, right? There's going to be NBA scouts in the building. There's going to be millions of people watching. It's going to be probably the first time that they have been in. Well, it is the first time that they have all been in an environment like this. 
And you know the crowd support is going to hopefully favor Northwestern. We travel well, especially during tournament games, as you know well in South Salt Lake City. So I, I really just look at this as a tremendous opportunity for these guys to just go out, play ball, and have fun, right? Enjoy the moment, embrace the moment, and you know, go out and make us proud, which they've done all year. But play for one another, and you know, I, the sky's the limit for this team. I just based on our draw, you know, we get by this first game, we can beat UCLA. We can beat a Gonzaga or whoever else comes out of that Sweet 16 over there. And, you know, this team is primed for a run, just the way we're built and, and how we can defend. So I'm really excited. Yeah, I agree. And you brought up UCLA. You know, they got the Pac-12 player of the year. But, you know, obviously I want to see us get past them. I want to see a rematch in the NCAA tournament with Gonzaga. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Nate, you have the experience of playing, <laughs> but as an alum, as a fan rep- representing, watching you guys, I want to see us play Gonzaga again. So, what 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 was that like, Nate? I mean, you're playing in those games, like <laughs> like Alex said. We yeah. travel well, Salt Lake City, especially tournament time. The NU faithful is out there supporting you guys. What was that like? How do you see us going forward in this tournament? Yeah, I mean, first off, from my perspective, it's it's a dream come true. Like, I grew up watching the NCAA tournament. The, 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 to me, this is the best five weeks of the year leading up to the Masters, including the Masters. Yeah. And the, like, that was just a dream. You know, Jim Nance, March Madness, the whole, whole spiel, that's a dream. So it was a dream come true, first of all. But to make history at such a great university with such great guys, with a team that deserved it, that, w- that meant even more. And I, I'll, I'll always be thankful for those memories just with all those guys. You can't make those up and you, you can't replicate that feeling at all. Um, you know, the representation in Salt Lake City was second to none. And hopefully we top that on Sacktown. But, it, you know, everybody's coming. And I look at the list for all the parties that we're going to this week and for all the prep rally stuff. It's going to be a blast. I'm, I'm really ready for that. And I hope these guys are too. You know, these guys, just like our team, deserve their own moment. And I think that they've, they've definitely earned that. They beat the number one team in the country. They, they set records for the school, for their own team. They've got a Naismith Defensive Player of the Year. Like, there's, there's some, there's, it, it's a recipe for success. These guys are going to have a blast. I think But going to this team, I think the one thing that they need to do early is just settle in. And there's, the emotions run so high, and it, it goes so quick. It doesn't feel like a normal game. It's 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 on a stage. It's in a neutral site. You have everybody's cheering. It's not just one side cheers for one side. Everybody's cheering at the same time. And going to that Vandy game, that was a blast. I mean, the, the, that was just straight adrenaline the whole time. Um, we did not care though, like the whole season. We did not care who scored. We just wanted to win. Like we didn't. We honestly didn't care. And I, I was I was watching the highlights the other day. And moving up to the Gonzaga game, I can't believe we had those guys cut to five. We had them cut to five with three minutes to go. And if if Zach Collins doesn't stick his hand through the friggin' rim, oh, that that game that anything can happen. We had the just so you guys know, there was a sliver of red and blue cheering for Gonzaga. The entire arena was cheering for us. We've never had that. That was that was probably the most liberating thing that I, I've, I've played or liberating environment that I've played in 
So that you, you can't replicate that. And it's, it's just a moment that these guys deserve. They're going to have a blast. I'm going to have a blast and whoever else is there going to have a blast. So I'm excited. Yeah, I was going to say, take us back to, to what you felt in that, in that moment or leading up, I mean, down 19 at half or something like 18 or 19 at half. 18, yeah, 18 and a half, 20 to 38, I think right. it was. Um, obviously struggled, things weren't falling. Um, what was said at halftime? And then, you know, as you all were making that run, you know, cutting it to, to five, um, really three, um, cutting it to that, like, yeah. what was that? What was it like? First off, what was said in the locker room? And then, you know, what was it like being a part of that epic run uh, coming back? Yeah, I, I think thinking back to the locker room, it's been what six years, so it's a little tough to remember <laughs> Sorry, exactly tough what was said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think, if I think back correctly, the the one thing that was said was we got to play our game, and that's that's the entire tournament. You have to play your game. You you look at the seeds and you look at who they are and their brand. It's just a basketball game, and that's what it is. And you can't call anything else. We're we're playing. Five guys on the floor. They're playing five guys on the floor. Let's go have fun. Let's go play together. And we just got back to our roots. We shot the ball incredibly well, as far as I remember, in that season. Um, our defense was not as good as this team, but our defense was pretty solid as well. And we just got back to, to playing our own basketball and playing our own brand. And, you know, that was, that was pretty much the message heading in the second half. Like, what do we have to lose? Coach Collins talks about the, the three seasons or the four seasons within the season. You have the preseason where you play non-conference games. You have the conference games. And then you have the conference tournament where you have a chance to win a championship. And then if you're lucky enough, you get to go to the NCAA, NCAA tournament and win a championship there. But you, you look at those three, you look at those four lifetimes and you have to take them all for granted. You can't take them all for granted. Take each one as it goes. And, um, you know, the, the feeling of the Gonzaga game was we got nothing to lose. This is it. You know, this is this is my last moments as a as a Northwestern Wildcat on the floor with these guys. That lifetime will never be you'll never be able to replicate that ever again. And I think that was one of the messages like we're going all out. We don't care what happens. We're just going to try to win the game. So I think that that really revved up everybody. And we just realized, you know, we can beat this team. <laughs> In my mind, we should have, but you can argue with me all, all, that, all that. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, Dude, it's yeah. I'll never forget that. I was in Turkey. I was up to five in the morning watching that. I'm <laughs> waking my my wife and son up. I'm loud, especially on that goaltender. But man, that's that's amazing to hear, Nate. Oh wow. man, and I, I will say too, the support from. I mean, you look at the crowds that have been around this year. And you look at around the crowds that have been around when I was in when I was in town. I mean, you look back at the Purdue game, my senior night at the old Wall Shrine. You couldn't find a seat. Everybody was standing. It was incredible, and that was replicated at the tournament. And it's been like that almost all year with these guys. So I can't imagine what's going to happen for this weekend. I'm expecting some fireworks and, and, and welcoming. Yeah. You know, hopefully getting by Boise and then welcoming UCLA to the Big Ten with another yeah. dub like this is what you're gonna yeah. get come on this is what you're yeah, come on what in. you're gonna yeah. expect on a night out night in and night out basis this ain't the pac-12 anymore no free buckets we're gonna light that beam That's baby right. let's let's light that beam a couple times this weekend yes sir please do 
And with that, before we, you know, going into that, you know, selection Sunday, you know, Nate, you and I were yeah. there. We got to talk a little bit. And, you know, I asked you, you know, what was it like, you know, as an alumni for Selection Sunday and what was it like as a player? Can you kind of walk us through that as you, you know, got, as you always got called when you were playing and you all made it to the tournament? Yeah, for, for us, it, for, for the 17 team, that was a little, you know, we were walking in expecting to get called. You know, we thought we deserved it. We thought we were punched. But it's Northwestern. You, you never know. Like, I will... I won't get my hopes up until I see our name on the board. And they made us wait for a long time. But walking into the locker room, the, the entire vibe of the entire arena that day, the last time ever in Welsh, the old Welsh Ryan, we packed a house on one side of the floor. And you, it, you couldn't replicate that either. But it, the media, friends, family flying in, you know, the chaos afterwards, you can't replicate that. And... You know, it was just, and you go back to, it was just another moment with those guys. And you, you know, you wish you could replay it all over and over again. Um, but it was so cool to see everybody come out and support like they had all year. And, you know, talking about it as a player, you get a lot of cool stuff when you go to the tournament. We got cool gear and we had cool sweats sweatsuits and we were all wearing the same thing which was awesome and i the one of this cool one of the cooler things that and shout out to our video team was the it's time video like we watched that i'm not kidding we watched that probably 50 times over like four days yeah. if you haven't seen it go watch it. it's it gives me goosebumps every time because it just highlights every everybody on the, the team and the whole season so, and, and leading up to these guys as a fan, as an alum, I was so ready for these guys to have their own moment. You know, going back to how they deserve it, how they work their butts off all year. I, I, was, I was ready for these guys. And Juice, you were like, go, go get in. I was like, no, these guys are, when they got announced, I was like, this is for them. This, mm -hmm. I will, I'll be a part of it next week or this week when they win. But like this is for them the, you know it's it's those those 15 to 20 guys in the locker room including coaches and staff and managers and all that it's for them they they lay the blocks every day and they they work their butts off and you know do all those scouting reports and all the stuff we never see it's it's all for them but they 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 deserve it the crowd was great you know i wasn't expecting to give a speech but apparently yeah, i had got you I on had the spot. BMAC, yeah bmac grab me down so um it was it was great it was a cool luckily you, put, you took public speaking at, at school for that easy a in the summer exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> you, you got to do it in the summer because exactly. nobody's there so public speaking is with like 18 kids and exactly. that's it opposed to 100 kids in some of those classes <laughs> right. hey you did it right you did yeah. it right man nah man that's amazing that's amazing all right, well, looks like we kind of, you know, we recap NCAA tournament, Big Ten tournament, moving into Word on campus. What do you guys got for me? I just want to give a shout-out, Chase Audiz, being one of the four finalists for National Defensive Player of the Year, not, not being biased or anything, but I really think he deserves it. And going into, the, you know, the NCAA tournament, this is just another opportunity for him to showcase his defensive ability. Obviously, we know he can score the ball, but this is awards for defense – 
obviously it's not an individual thing it's a team thing but he's really stood out on the defensive end and I'm looking forward to him you know really showing it at a high level millions of people watching like we touched on earlier to really show what he can do defensively and really separate himself and make a strong case for this award so congratulations Chase really rooting for you you know we all hope that you you know come out with this award and a W that's the most important thing let's get this W that's what I got for word on campus. What do you guys yeah, got? Juice, I'll piggyback on that real quick. Um, I think, you know, Chase in particular, you know, well-deserving of this award. Um, and, you know, his impact on our team and his aggressiveness, I think, just trickles down to, to the rest of the guys and allows us to, to anchor our defense. And, you know, the rest of the guys just being there on help side because he does gamble, right? He gambles, he plays passing lanes. But having that trust and in the back of your mind, knowing that your teammate is going to be there um, if, you, if you miss the steal or something like that, I think allows him to play free and be able to be on the prowl, um, for lack of better terms. So uh, I'm really excited to see that outside of a Big Ten setting, because, you know, if you look back at that tournament in Cancun in particular, he was an absolute menace defensively yeah. uh, in passing lanes, getting steals. Um, getting blocks from behind, like all of those things that we've become accustomed to seeing um, and Big Ten fans uh, alike have been accustomed to seeing, he's going to be able to do that on a national platform. And I think it's going to take a lot of people by surprise um, how long his arms are, how big his hands are, uh, his anticipation and his ability to, to read um, offenses and shoot gaps, I think is going to be super cool to see uh, at this setting. And I think it's going to allow us to score more uh, more transition points, more fast break points, where I think is, you know, we're at our best. So um, shout out Chase, like huge honor, huge award being in the top four. Um, and now it's really to, you know, put everybody on notice on, on what an impact he is on that side of the floor. Definitely, definitely. Then I'll, I want to ask you guys this question. Why do you guys think the teams from the Big Ten struggle in the NCAA tournament once we get there? I don't think we had a champion from the Big Ten since, what, 2000? I think when Michigan State won it. So what are your guys' Mm -hmm. thoughts on that? I I can kick it off. I mean, there's arguments that we we beat each other up during the entire season. I was going to say that. For 20 20 games. You just – it's almost cannibalization of, you know, of just beating the crap out of each other for for what? How many – for two months or whatever it is? Like Even it's longer now because it's a gauntlet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's a gauntlet. I mean, you start in December and you go all the way to the first of March, so it's almost four months, and so that's there's an argument for that. Um, I've always said that style of play is a huge factor. Obviously, you're playing two games. If you if you're able to win the first game, you have to play two games in three days, and you're going back to like the AAU style basketball what it's what it, what it feels like but I, I think it ultimately just comes down to being able to run on the fly make up plays on the fly and be able to just have some talent and you know I, I think it's all timing for this stuff it's all matchups yeah. but for us to have I mean for when I'm speaking to us I mean for the Big Ten to have what 10 teams in the big in the field last year right I, I don't have an answer for you, to be honest. I think there's, it's a mixture of things, but I think the biggest thing is just fatigue and getting beat up quite a bit during the season. 
Yeah, we're also the last. We're also the last conference to finish their tournament. Some of these, you know, yeah. if you take a look at some of these mid majors, um, you know, they're finishing up on you know Thursday or Friday that week when we're playing well into the afternoon on Sunday. So it, you know that does take a serious toll on on some of these teams, and you know we obviously beat up on each other throughout the year. I also think, you know. I feel like the officiating, it's like officiating a little bit different in a tournament. Uh, I, I really do. I think, you know, we obviously play a, a very physical brand of basketball um, in the Big Ten uh, where you can get away with, the, you know, some hand checking, especially in the post and um, and some things and some, some checking of, of cutters and things like that that we've become accustomed to um, in the conference. Yet, I think when the NCAA tournament rolls around, it's a big want the product to be a little bit more free flowing. They want, you know, shooting to be on display. And I think it takes an adjustment period for, you know, teams like, uh, you know, t- big 10 teams to, to take that and actually apply it in those games. So like Nate said, your ability to adapt, your ability to um, work on the fly and come up with plays and maybe adapt your, your style of play to what is being officiated is is going to be really hard i i feel like you know some of the teams in our conference are super structured um you know you look at michigan state like they're always they're super structured they have you know a very deep set of plays they're always you know they always push in transition but they do you know tend to to set up plays in the half court whereas you look at some of these teams that have been successful over the course of the years they have you know a lot of talent on the wings they have um you know little guards that can really you know determine how the game is going to be played and it's a lot of read and react type of, of of style that's been that's been good you look at dunk city from florida gulf coast like they were just free flowing man like they that's all they did you know they free flowed you pressed them great we got in the middle passed to another guy boom lob at the rim dunk it's a little bit more european style play in my opinion um when it comes to ncaa tournament time so i think we can play that way i think um, the coaches are aware of that now. I think um, the conference probably did a little bit of a better job this year in terms of prepping us for uh, the big dance. I thought it was called a little bit tighter this year, uh, foul-wise. So hopefully you know, that'll translate to, to this tournament and we can have a few teams make some deep runs. I like the, you know, overall, I like our seedings and I like the matchups we have. I think we could take advantage of some of that. I agree. I like that. I like that breakdown. I agree with both of you guys completely. You took the words right out of my mouth. And one other thing I want to throw out there for Word on Campus, you know, that support like we talked about, the students, how they showed up at the Big Ten Conference Tournament. You know, over 700 tickets were bought for the Big Ten Conference Tournament. Students outside two hours early before you could pick up the tickets. That's amazing. That support has been huge. Like Nate touched on earlier, that support in Sacktown is going to be huge. And Let's go, Cats. We're looking forward to, you know, a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and hopefully we have another one of these podcasts after we reach a Sweet 16 next week. We will. Yes, sir, we will. We definitely will be on board. And obviously Nate's going to be a recurring yeah, guest on the, on the show. Uh, we appreciate yeah. all your insight, bro. Um, this has been no. great. And then obviously we definitely. wanted to bring you, you on today in particular just based on your experience, you being an integral part of that 2017 team. And, you know, obviously you're, you're well endowed in the program uh, today. So we appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on. 
No, thank, thank you guys. You. I mean, this is this is awesome that we're getting the word out on Northwestern basketball, especially this year. It's been it's been an awesome year to follow these guys. Thank it's been you. a lot of fun, and you 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 know we get a lot of credit for being the first team to make it. But I I've always looked up to you guys. You got guys like Drew, you know, Tulio and Juice are are definitely some of it. But you got guys like Trey Demps and Reggie Hearn and. Yeah. Alex Olad, you, you talk about all these guys, and forgive me for missing any of them, but the, it's it was always great to watch you guys grow up, and obviously Sherna, you can't miss him. But guys to look up to and to kind of follow the same brand of basketball that Northwestern is, and different coaches, but it's always been the same guys, it, the, you know, top level human beings, and just that just love basketball, and that's all it is, and. It's been phenomenal to follow you two across this podcast venture, and it's been it's been really cool to to partner with you guys as fans and alumni and all that stuff. It's been a blast. Oh, yeah, it's been great. So we're looking forward to the next episode after we get these two Ws this weekend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. UCLA you got something coming. If we we got to get to that second line, I just one game at a time. But those guys, yeah, welcome to the little, Big Ten. Yeah, man, they're a little beat up, but let's go, let's go beat them up. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.